You're listening to Three Valleys Radio. The heart is a bloom Shoots up through the stony ground There's no room Welcome to our In Conversation programme featuring sporting heroes from the world of sport in general and past and present Yeovertown players and supporters. And the reason that you had to care The traffic is stuck it's your chance to find out what makes these sported heroes tick. And also, we get a feel for their musical preferences. To take you out of this place Someone you can lend a hand In return for grace It's a beautiful day So sit back and enjoy as Three Valleys Radio brings you the best in local sport. Well, I'm delighted to say that our guest today is Matthew James Harold, better known to most of us as Matt Harold. Matt, how are you? Hello, mate. Yeah, I'm really good, mate. Good. Well, it's good of you to join us. And uh, although I gather you're in isolation, so you're probably uh, just sat around bored to tears doing nothing. But, uh, you know, that's the way it goes, I guess, isn't it? How, how are you finding life up there in London? Yeah, good. Um, it's kind of home now, so yeah. I moved around the country a bit for a few years, but now I'm no, back, back around Essex Way, and um, yeah, it just feels like home, so no, well, enjoying it. Well, it brings us nicely to the, the fact that on the 25th of July, 1984, you were born in Leighton. No, I weren't. Well, that's what it says here. Yeah, they always get a day off, mate. It's the 24th. Oh, right. Okay, but you were born in Leighton then. I was born in Leighton on the 24th of July, 1984. Right, okay, we'll give you that. You're six foot one and you're a striker, yeah? Six foot three. Oh, this, this is Wikipedia, it's rubbish, isn't it, really? It's <laughs> oh, absolute... mate, don't go off Wikipedia. Yeah, well, how else do I go off of it? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we, we will move on, we will move on. Well, can you, you know, can you remember when you first got involved in football, you know, as a youngster, I'm thinking sort of, I don't know, six, seven, eight, to, you know, did you sort of take to it instantly or what? Yeah, I mean, I know it's um, probably a cliche, but football was just everything for me as a as a kid, even at six or seven. Um, I didn't join a team that early, but I was just obsessed with football, um, anything I could watch on TV. Football Italia was the one, you know, Gazetta. Yeah, with, yeah um, I remember it well, yeah. James Richardson, that was like a, an obsession of mine. He used to watch football constantly. And then uh, as I got a bit older, I joined a team called Ridgeway Rovers. They're pretty famous. You had Beckham play for them and, uh, and other um, famous players like that. So yeah, yeah. that was my team as a kid. And did you did you play loads of computer games? Because I remember my young kids went around that sort of time. They they would spend hours doing computer games and obviously commentating, like sort of you know Barry Barry uh, what was his name Barry Rich no what was his name Barry, no no the other one Barry Davis Barry Davis Barry Davis yeah. uh, you know they um, no I've never I've never really been a computer 
kind of guy. I suppose I did have a little spell in maybe secondary school where I used to play Golden Eye or whatever, or Football Manager a little bit, but yeah. nothing, nothing major. I've always just been kind of one of them who likes getting outside. So, when you were this Ridgeway Rovers, um, at what point did you sort of start to think, yes, maybe I've got something here, maybe I've got a little bit of skill and a bit of ability? Good question. I think I knew I, I, I was a fairly good player. Yeah. I knew I had the dedication and the hunger to, to do it. I suppose the, the time I started realising was when scouts started approaching my dad and kind of offering me to go and train with them. I had um, Millwall, West Ham, Norwich, Spurs, Arsenal, so kind of a lot of clubs were asking me to go and train with them um, to see how I got on so um, that was the time I kind of thought well hang on there might be a chance of I can kind of take this a little bit more seriously and a bit further yeah and of those you know you mentioned Spurs Arsenal Millwall did you did you go to any of the sessions with them or not yeah I went went and tried out um, pretty much all the teams um I didn't enjoy Spurs, I remember that one, but I ended up signing actually for Millwall Yeah. Um, when I was maybe 12 years old or 13 years old, and then I left them when I was 14 to join West Ham. West Ham kind of rolled the red carpet out for me. Yeah, yeah. And I joined them for my schoolboy forms, yeah. Okay. And, and at what point, what year was that? Because you joined South, South End, it says here, on 2001. So, God, what year was that? That would have been when I was maybe 14, so that would have been 98, maybe. Yeah, so yeah. I joined them. I'd done a couple of years, but it wasn't a very happy time. And I know Wikipedia says I joined South End, but I didn't actually join um, South End. I, I kind of went to a college program. Yeah. And it was connected to South End, but South End actually never signed me. So I basically played for like almost the college. And then from there, I joined, uh, I played non league football for. Yeah. Harlow Town, Grays Athletic, and that's where Brentford picked me up, which was uh, my first kind of professional team. But it took me to drop out of football, um, drop out of the professional game, to go and play non-league, to then kind of get picked up again and go again. So yeah, yeah, I'm one of them. Still, right. It's time for Matty's first musical choice, and that is uh, Africa by Toto. Yeah. 
As they grow restless, longing for some solitary company. I know that I must do what's right. Sure as Kilimanjaro rises like Olympus above the Serengeti. I seek to cure what's deep inside. Frightened of this thing that I've become. sure most of you remember that one and a bit of a classic really africa by toto so if we say brentford then was your first um your first proper club then really if you like that that you know you had a pro- professional contract with um did you go into each of the pubs on the four corners or not oh you know what i think i've only ever been in one of them pubs H. yeah yeah, I've been with all of them. <laughs> well, I'm, te- I'm, uh, I've never been much of a drinker, have I? Mm. Um, I think my dad's been in all of them, though, mate. It was, you know what? I, when I signed for Brentford, I hadn't even heard of them ever. Like, I was so kind of in a bubble of not really knowing the lower league football that I just, um, I didn't even know what league they were in. They were in League One at the time, and I went there and um, no, I went and, pl- and played. I went on trial, and I weren't too impressed, to be honest, with the standard. I thought. Quite, I expected actually a lot better, um, so I ended up signing for him, and I, it started quite well there, to be honest. Mm. But it's, uh, Brentford, uh, you know, holds a, a place in my heart. It was my first 
first ever proper football match I went to Griffith Park because I used to live oh, in really? Ealing. Yeah, I used to live in Ealing yeah. and Acton when I when I was in London. And that's uh, right. So you were either QPR or you were Brentford. Yeah. Yeah, but but in all honesty, also Chelsea and Fulham came into the equation as well because we used to go to Chelsea a lot. Um, True. But I, but I was a bit about twelve years old, I suppose. We used to get on the tube uh, and go up to Fulham Broadway, off at of Fulham Broadway, and wander down to Stamford Bridge. And that was in the days of Jimmy Greaves and Peter Bonetti, people like that, Johnny Houseman. Oh, and, proper players. Yeah, yeah. Ron Harris, Chopper Harris, he was there. So, uh, but Brentford was the actual one I went to first off because uh, it was closer and. I don't know. We just ended up there, really, but um, yeah. But you know, obviously, we've been there a few times with the Oval as well. But so, you're, like, so you're from you're from London originally, H. Yeah, I was born in Ealing, mate. Yeah, yeah. Blimey. Yeah, but I mean, I'm so. Sort of, when did you go down to the West Country? 1960. Well, 62. It was the year where we had horrendous. Well, you would have known then because you weren't born. But uh, it was the year where we had horrendous snow and stuff. And uh, right. So uh, yeah, and then both my parents were teachers and. Uh, um, basically, they they wanted to come down here, and I had to come with them. Right. Basically, but we're, we're supposed to be talking about you, not me, Tosspot. Sorry, mate. It's <laughs> such an interesting bloke. <laughs> no, I've been called lots of things, but not interested. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so Brentford, you know, you stayed there for two years. And we'll go by these figures, even if they're wrong. Uh, 32 appearances and two goals. It says here. Does that sound anywhere near right? That's wrong because I scored a hat trick on my debut in the FA Cup. So oh well, yeah. I think that might be that might be league goals or yeah, it usually is actually. I, I played. Um, I was. I, I mean, I scored a hat trick on my on my um, FA Cup debut against Gainsborough Trinity, a right foot, left foot header. So that's a perfect hat trick. Yeah. And everything was looking great. I um, I scored a couple of input. Them two league goals were really important. They kept us in the division with Martin Allen as manager. Right. Um, so every. So you had Martin Allen as a manager. That must have been quite amusing. I think he's a bit of a character, wasn't he, Martin Allen? Cool, yeah, to say the least. The um, he was really good actually. He, he done an unbelievable job with us. I'd, he kept us up when we were really basically relegated. But I've got some stories. Yeah, I mean, he he jumped in a canal. We played away at Hartlepool. He jumped in like a in like a river, and swam across from bank to bank. And we got in a change room the next day and there was kind of posters everywhere. And it was kind of, if you say you're going to swim it, swim it. So it was almost, if you say you're going to do something, you've got to do it. And we, we won that game against Hartlepool. They were in the playoffs. We won that 2-1. And he was just relentless in how he kind of tried to get everything out of you. It, it was tough. He put a lot of pressure on you. And maybe I couldn't deal with it at that young age. But he was um, there was a method to the madness and... Uh, yeah, he done some crazy stuff. Jumped in the sea. Everything seems to involve water, but we yeah. do set plays with the toast, and you had to kind of throw the toast as if it was a corner, and you'd have to head the toast in the morning. <laughs> so it was crazy, but it was good. It was good learning curve. I should think travelling with the team must have been quite amusing. Then when you had breakfast every morning in the in the hotel. Yeah, exactly. Well, that was it. It was like we didn't do the the set pieces on the training pitch. We done it in the canteen of the hotel we were staying at, and. <laughs> You know, you're throwing food round. <laughs> I love it. More music now. And the next one is called uh, Nothing Is Gonna Change My Love by Mr. George Benson. <laughs>
days would all be empty The nights would seem so long With you I see forever Oh, so clearly I might have been in love before But it never felt this strong Our dreams are young and we both know They'll take us where we want to go Hold me now, touch me now Not so easy Our love will lead the way for us Like a guiding star I'll be there for you If you should need me You don't have to change a thing I love you just the way you are So come with me share the view I'll help you see forever too hold me now touch me now I don't want to live without you nothing's gonna change my love for you you ought to know by now how much I love you one thing you can be sure of I'll never ask for more than your love Benson there with nothing's going to change my love for you. So at Bradford, then you had you had two loan spells, one at Dagenham and one at Grimsby. I yeah. should think the Grimsby one must have been entertaining, wasn't it? Oh, it's crazy. I really like that. That I really needed that loan move. So I think that that's what kind of um, made me realise I needed to to get away and play. The Dagenham one was a bad loan move. I shouldn't have made that one, but. Um, but what about the Grimsby one, Matt? What was that like? Because Grimsby is a bit of a hole, isn't it? Yeah, Grimsby was um, was crazy because it was 
it was just it was just the thing I needed. It was miles away from home. I was staying in a bed seat. I was watching Sopranos for about eight hours a day, the best series ever made. Yeah. Um, and I was just loving football. Yeah, it was crazy. It was. We weren't a great team. I had Russell Slade as manager, who I still speak to now. Really good guy. Um, and I scored in my first two games, and it was just a bit like, wow, this is what football's all about. It just felt. Um, it just felt really good and it kind of just made me want to get out and play from Brentford where I perhaps wasn't going to play though they, they were they were doing well in in league 1 with experienced players like Dion Burton and I as I ranking and stuff like that so that's what kind of made me realize I needed to get out um, and play some games so Grimsby as much as it sounded bad it was actually brilliant well i must admit i've only been there once but it didn't impress me at all when i got there that's for sure but russell no, Slade, loved it it, a great place. russell always used to speak very highly of grimsby though and he had he had some success there didn't he let's be fair so yeah i guess he was a bit well supported club the fans were brilliant there yeah yeah so then 2005 gary johnson must have seen you so um so then obviously Gary Johnson must have spotted you on the horizon somewhere along the line, um, and you joined Yeovil. Was when we first sort of met. Um, did you enjoy life at Yeovil? Oh, I love like I loved Yeovil. Yeah, it was uh, again. It was it was three hours away from home. It was a bit of an eye opener. I mean, um, anyone who knows Gary Johnson knows that um, he can be fairly hard on you. <laughs> yeah. um, so, I mean, for quite a small bloke. He packs a punch, so <laughs> I remember early on, I, I think I was playing Tiverton Town in a friendly, and I, I hadn't really got going yet, Yeah, and he absolutely battered me in the change room. He, he kind of said, the fans behind a dugout can't believe I've signed you, and I was just like, wow, that was, that was really hard and harsh, but he mm. made me... He toughened me up, to be honest, and I think his saying, even to this day, is I'll either make you or break you, and I think I must have had something, because... He uh, he's tried to sign me a few times since, but um, it was tough. It was really tough. He really kind of tested me, and he was hard on me. Told me, told me I'm never going to score a goal. And then I remember the day he left to go to Bristol City. I actually scored the winner against Port Vale. We won one 0 and he rung me. He rung me on the way home. I was driving back to London, and uh, he rung me laughing. He went, "I told you, I, I, I told you, I knew you'd score the minute I'd left the." left the bloody club yeah so, yeah he was hard but i really needed it actually he was really good I tell you, and his career has been un- unbelievable you know in in terms of the success he's had oh yeah absolutely well i'll tell you a story about gary uh, i went over the club went over to uh, latvia for a tour and you know he was manager of latvia so he had all yeah. the contacts over there and that and I remember we played a friendly game over there and, and we lost it 3-2, I think it was, against a team called, I think it was called Alda. But anyway, that don't matter. Um, and I was sort of, you know, I never used to go in the, the dressing room. It's, it's not the place for the press officer to go. But uh, on this particular occasion, he, he, he saw me sort of hovering outside. He said, well, are you coming in or what then? So, well, all right then. So and we'd lost. So I, I didn't, I thought this is maybe not the best of things to do. To, so I went in and um, sort of, sat in the corner out, well out of the way out of the firing line and he laid into Andy Lindegaard just like you just oh my god and I was thinking oh, he, yeah, Jesus yeah I mean I just couldn't believe that you could get away with that sort of treatment of somebody and, and you know it was it was just perceived to be well this football is what goes on isn't it you know and I was, I don't know. I mean, it, it really did. I mean, I've had some bollockings in my time, but I'd have to say a Gary Johnson bollocking is 
as hard as they come really is <laughs> blimey yeah. the, guy, the guy really honestly made me want to go back and, 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 and kind of just go and work in an office in London but yeah, Go through it, mate. And what don't break you makes you stronger, you know. Oh, that's right, absolutely. And you know, and to be fair, I mean, uh, I remember I I went out for a, we were over there in Latvia, and I went out in the in the evening because um, I was staying. I had, they got me put up in the Radisson in 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 Riga, whereas yeah. all the lads had to stay at some camp place that they they'd found that was a bit harsher. Oh. And so anyway, I arranged to meet Carl Alford, and we went out for a drink in the evening, and. Uh, the next day, we went down to some place called Jumala Beach, which was on the Black Sea. So I got the distinction of saying I had a little paddle in the Black Sea. But um, oh, really? he said to me, uh, he said, Aid, he said, look, he said, you know, you're new at this. And he said, I understand that. But he said, it's not the done thing to go out with the players drinking. So, oh, right, okay, Gary. But he, he was very, <laughs> so, so it wasn't a bollocking. Well, it was kind of, but it wasn't because he did yeah. it in such a subtle and a, a pleasant way, you know. Yeah. So he, he never was, liked drinking either. No, no. Well, he, he, he drank himself, did he? Not a lot. No, not really. Uh, not really. No, he didn't. He didn't. But uh, he was, you know. Overall, I, I've got a lot of respect for him. I worked with him oh, for, yeah. for I don't know, fifteen odd years, and, and you know, it was a, it was a pleasure to be honest. More music now, and we're going to get down to it now. We've got a thing called the Light, and it's by a band or a person called Common. To write this queen, I ain't seen you in a minute. Wrote this letter and finally decide to send it. Signed, sealed, delivered for us to grow together. Love has no limit. Let's been a slow forever. I know your heart is weathered by what studs did to you. I ain't gonna solve them because I probably did it too. Because of you feelings, I handle with care. Some niggas recognize your life, but they can't handle the glare. You know I ain't the type to walk around with matching shirts. A relationship is effort. I will match your work. I want to be the one to make you happiest and hurt you the most. They say the end is near. It's important that we close to the most high. Regardless of what happened on him, let's rely. Yeah. Second. It's important we communicate and tune the fate of this union to the right pitch. I never call you my bitch or even my boo. There's so much in the name and so much more in you. Few understand the union of woman and man. And sex and a tingle is where they assuming it land. But that's fly by night for you in the sky, right? Women, these cold shine nice moon, you my light. If heaven had a height, you would be that tall. Ghetto to coffee shop, you, I see that all. Let's stick to understanding and we won't fall. For better or worse times, I hope to me you call. So I pray every day more than anything. Friends will stay as we begin to lay this foundation for a family. Love ain't simple. Why can't it be anything worth having you work at annually? Granted, we've known each other for some time. It don't take a whole day to recognize sunshine. Yeah. 
second. It's kind of fresh. You listen to more than hip hop, and I can catch you in the mix from beauty to thrift shop. Plus, you shit pop when it's time to thinking you fresh. But just in beats, I should rhyme to. At times when I'm lost, I try to find you. You know to give me space when it's time to. My heart's dictionary defines you. It's love and happiness. Truthfully, it's hard trying to practice happiness. The time we committed love, it was real good. Had to be for me to arrive, and it still feel good. I know the sex ain't gonna keep you, but as my equal, it's how I must treat you. As my reflection, the light, I'ma lead you. And whatever's right, I'ma feed you. Yo, I tell you the rest when I see you. Peace. there and the light getting down to it now aren't we Massey with the old musical choices but going back to your time at Yeovil I was looking through the, the, you know some of your teammates and, and uh, Nathan Jones arrived a, a roughly the same time you did I think and you also had uh, Kevin Gore there Aaron Davis there Chris Cohen there and then Pablo Bastianini now what was it like playing wow. with Pablo what did you make of him blimey he, he was a good player he, he, he um I remember he signed. He had an unbelievable trial. And to be honest with Gary, Gary loves a trialist, didn't he? He used yeah. to get them from all over the shop. So I remember he signed. I think he was probably highest paid player. Very, very good player. Very good ability. Fairly quickly, you realise that he, his heart maybe wasn't fully in it. And I remember him eating a pasty on the way to a game, an away game. Yeah. I don't think he took much care of his body or um, his yeah. fitness. Uh, he had a diet similar to yours, H. I think. Yeah, so, yeah um, probably. Yeah, yeah. But he was a good player, Pablo. And we had a really, we had some good players. Chrissy Cohen was a great player. Yeah. Um, Nathan, who I still speak to now, obviously he's doing a great job um, at Luton. He, he, he's actually, he actually helped me a lot as a as a young player there. So we had a re- we actually had a really good team. We had Jevo, Phil Jevons up yeah, front, who's yeah. a great finisher. Darren Wade, Lee Johnson. So that team, I suppose, a lot of the Yeovil fans now would remember that team. They yeah. had so much success, didn't they? I would think so, definitely. Yeah, I mean, you made 48 appearances, scored nine goals. I've checked yeah. that from another source, not Wikipedia, so that one's right. I think you're fine. But um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But as you say, it, you know, it was a good, it was a good team for sure. And uh, uh, funnily enough, the the Bastianini. Um, transfer again i go back to this trip to latvia but it, it, it there was a lot of talk do you remember chris adadigi the the agent yeah that uh gary used to yeah, know i remember lot? him well chris arrived at uh, uh latvia for this this um this was it latvia or was it the holland one it was one or the other anyway and uh 
Gary said to me, he said, God, he said, we, we got a player lined up. I said, oh yeah, who's that? He said, showed me all day. He said, Argentinian. So of course, there was a tendency in those days that if he was foreign, then he had to be good. The fact yeah. that there was bad foreign players didn't sort of come into it. Now he's foreign, he's Argentinian, he must be brilliant. Then, oh yeah, get out of there, Gary. And I mean, I, yeah. I, I can remember there was talk of a £100,000 transfer fee. I don't know if that was ever right or not, but certainly they paid a bit of money for him, I think, and he, he went down as one of the most expensive signings we had at the club. Oh, I didn't know you, we paid for him, no. Oh, yeah, I think so. Well, if Chris Adegidi was involved, we must have done. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. And I, I must admit, I got on well with Pablo, and although his English obviously wasn't very good, but he, he left me, when he left, he left me a shirt sort of signed up to, to, to thank me for what I'd done for him sort of thing. He's a nice guy, he was. Wow. I, yeah, I got, he was. So I, his mate signed as well. Yeah, that's like Luciano Alvarez. That's right, and he scored. Yeah. I remember he scored, but it was rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> but again, see, foreign, so he had to be good. But I think that the whole idea well, was... I think we only signed him because he's Pablo's mate. Yeah, that's right. I think that was the case, definitely, to make him feel at home. But um, yeah. but he, he wasn't that bad, was he? I mean, he, I don't know. Maybe he was. I can't remember it either. It's going back too far. Well, enough. I suppose it didn't work out either one, did they? We ended up paying them off. Yeah, I know. I know. And Tomo I, did, didn't he? Tomo was manager. Now then, this is the one... This is the one, Matty. Mr. J. Cole and no role models. First things first, recipe sucker fear. You the only father that I ever knew I get my bitch pregnant, I'ma be a better you Prophecies that I made way back in the veil Fulfill, listen even back when we was broke, my team ill Martin Luther King would've been on Dreamville, talk to him nigga. One time for my L.A. sisters, one time for my L.A. hoes Lame niggas can't tell the difference, one time for a nigga who knows Don't save her, she don't wanna be saved, don't save her she don't wanna be saved, don't save her She don't wanna be saved, don't save her She don't wanna be saved No role models and I'm here right now No role models to speak of Searching through my memory, my memory I couldn't find one Last night I was getting my feet rubbed By the baddest bitch, not Trina But I swear to God this bitch will make you call your girl up And tell her hey what's good Sorry I'm never coming home, I'ma stay for good Then hang the phone up and proceed to lay the wood I came fast like 911 in white neighborhoods Ain't got no shame about it She think I'm spoiled and I'm rich Cause I can have any bitch I got defensive and said Nah, I was the same without it But then I thought back Back to a better me Before I was a B-list celebrity Before I started calling bitches Bitches so heavily Back when you could get a platinum plat Without no melody You wasn't sweating me One time for my L.A. sisters One time for my L.A. hoes Lame niggas can't tell the difference One time for a nigga who knows Don't save her She don't wanna be saved Don't save her she don't wanna be saved, don't save her She don't wanna be saved, don't save her She don't wanna be saved I want a real love, dark skin and Aunt Viv love That Jada in that wheel love that leave a toothbrush at your crib, love And you ain't gotta wonder whether that's your kid, love Nigga, I don't want no bitch from reality shows Out of touch with reality hoes Out in Hollywood, bringing back five or six hoes Fuck them, then we kick them to the door Nigga, you know how it goes She deserve that, she a bird, it's a bird trap You think if I didn't rap, she would flirt back Taking off a skirt, let her wear my shirt before she leave I'ma need my shirt back Nigga, you know how it goes One time for my L.A. sisters One time for my L.A. hoes 
Lame niggas can't tell the difference One time for a nigga who knows Don't save her She don't wanna be saved 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 There's an old saying in Tennessee I know it's in Texas Probably in Tennessee That says fool me once Shame on Shame on you Fool me, we can't get fooled again. Fool me one time, shame on you. Fool me twice, can't put the blame on you. Fool me three times, fuck the peace sign. Load the chopper, let it rain on you. Fool me one time, shame on you. Fool me twice, can't put the blame on you. Fool me three times, fuck the peace sign. Load the chopper, let it rain on you. My only regret was too young for Lisa Bonet. My only regret was too young for Nia Long. Now all I'm left with is hoes from reality shows. Hand her a script, the bitch probably couldn't read alone. My only regret was too young for Sade Adu. My only regret could never take a Leah home. Now all I'm left with is hoes up in Greystone. With the stale face, cause they know it's they song. She shallow with the pussy she Shallow, she shallow, she shallow with the pussy, she shallow, she shallow, she shallow with the pussy, she shallow, she shallow, she shallow with the pussy, she shallow, she shallow. Don't save her, she don't wanna be saved. Don't save her, she don't wanna be saved. Don't save her, she don't wanna be saved. Don't save her. She don't wanna be saved, 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 don't save her. She don't wanna be saved. There you go then. Question is, is he a role model or not, Matty? J. Cole, no role model. But yeah, no, the chairman got Chris Adagigi in uh, when they wanted to get rid of him. And yeah. I, he, John Fry said to me, come in here and sit down here. He said, I want you to take notes and listen to this meeting. And he absolutely tore Chris Adagigi to pieces. Absolutely. You saw really? us a load of rubbish here. He's absolutely no good at all. He's crap. He's this, that and the other. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Yeah. Blimey. Yeah. This is some interesting times being press manager. Yeah. At the hotel, I you were on tell. the inside, you, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is it, mate. You know, I could see all what you lot. I knew what was happening, mate. I'll tell you. <laughs> but so, so anyway, it all come to an end at uh, in 2006 at Yeovil, and you went to Southend United. Yeah, that's right. It was um, they were in the Championship, so I had to make the move. Uh, it was financially quite a good deal. Uh, it was back towards London, where I was from. It was a move that I didn't actually want to make, though. It was crazy. I, I was I, I loved that Yeovil team. I liked playing for Russell Slay. I loved the lads. I felt that I was learning loads at the club. Um, so, yeah, it was one of them, but it was something I had to do because it's such a good opportunity. You don't get uh, the opportunity to play in the championship all the time. Oh, um, so, yeah, I went there, but it ended up being a quite, quite a miserable move. I, uh, I never really... Um, done great at Southend I got quite a lot of stick off the fans yeah got a lot of um, bit of abuse from the fans from the terraces I, I never it just one of them things it never really happened for me I tried ever so hard but I just could, couldn't really um, get to my uh, get to my get to the level I wanted to get to really and we struggled as a team uh, we got relegated out of the championship and found ourselves in league one but we had a we had a decent squad but I've managed to score past them so much along the years um, that 
and I like rubbing it in with their fans. I, I'm not one of them who doesn't celebrate. I go mental. So, <laughs> um, yeah, they gave me stick for a couple of years. I feel, figure I can give them stick twice a year for a few years as well, you know. Well, the way things are going, they're going to be lucky to survive, aren't they? They're in all sorts of trouble, aren't they, financially? Well, that's what I mean, mate. These these things happen when you treat me badly. This is what happens, mate. Out of business. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And of course, David Webb was was uh, was he there, your manager then or not? No, he wasn't at South End. I remember he he came just at the end of the, my yodel spell. All oh, right, yeah. How'd you get on with him? I don't. I've never met him. I, I know his son Danny, who was at Leyton Orient. Yeah. Um, I don't know Dave to be honest. Only to say hello to. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Danny's a nice guy as well, isn't he? Because yeah. Danny was down at Yeovil as well. But uh, So anyway, uh, Southend, you had 52 appearances called to Wicker. And then Wicker Wanderers then in next, uh, well, 2008 really, where you had 73 appearances by the side of it and scored 17 goals. So that sounds like a pretty successful period there. Yeah, I'll stop scoring there. I think I probably scored a few more goals than that because I, I scored in cup games. But um, yeah. I was top scorer for two years. We got promoted in the first year. Um, then Gary Waddock was our manager in the second season. So, yeah, I, I knew I just had to get away from South End and enjoy my football. And I'd done that at Wickham. We got promoted. It was a great, um, great getting promoted. That's what you remember about your career, you know. So, yeah, um, yeah. managed to managed to score some goals along the way. And, um, and yeah, enjoyed it. Stayed a couple of seasons there. Um, and then eventually joined Shrewsbury Town. Yeah, Shrewsbury. Was that any time when, when um, Chris Weir was up there or not? Did they coincide? No, I think he was after me. I was there with Graham Turner, the manager. Yeah. Um, and I love that. I love my spell at um, Shrewsbury, to be honest. I probably um, probably left a bit too quick. Mm. Yeah, well, I, I love living in Shropshire. I had a nice um, place out in the country. Really enjoyed it. And we, we got to the playoffs. Um, Wickham kind of robbed us in the league. We had a goal that should have been... Uh, they gave a goal that didn't cross the line. Um, and they ended up beating us two automatic playoffs by a point and we would have won the game so pretty hard to take but it was still an enjoyable year I had at, Sh- uh, at Shrewsbury I still look out for their results actually it's a really good club yeah you want fantastic fireworks at fantastic prices this November no problem Firestorm Pyrotechnics has everything you need Prices from just £10 and free delivery on all orders over £300. What are you waiting for? Contact Firestorm Pyrotechnics or call us on 07970 855 540. Firestorm Pyrotechnics, simply the best. So then it was uh, Bristol Rovers, 2011. You're getting closer back down to the West Country again, where you had a, a, a what's that, three-year spell there? Yeah, the gas. I really, um, I love Bristol. Love. I actually really love the West Country. Mm. Um, if I weren't going to live here, that's probably where I'd live. But yeah, I had three seasons at the gas, scored 18 goals in my first season in, in a pretty average team. I can tell you that I went there to, to get promoted and stuff, and we struggled. I didn't really think the manager was up to much 
Um, and we just struggled. There was a lot of pressure on the sides. Uh, that, that, that club can. If you're not winning, they can give you a bit of stick. Luckily, I'd, I'd done pretty well, so I was okay. But um, yeah, we'd done that. And then we did change manager a few times in the three seasons. But I unfortunately done my cruciate knee ligament in mm. the second season. So I yeah. missed a lot of that season. Um, one of my highlights, though, was coming back from my from that game and scoring against Torquay on the last game of the season. Yeah. Uh, I scored the equaliser in a three-all draw. Um, so obviously I was out for nine months and came back and scored and um, and there was like a packed away end. So it was great, really, really great occasion. Really loved playing for the club, but obviously we got relegated down into the to the conference and um, it was time for me to leave again. It was uh, it was such a shame how it worked out. Leave. Uh, I really did have an affinity with the, the club, the supporters, and everyone. So it was mm. um, it's a really good club, um, Bristol Rovers. So did you leave because? they wanted you to leave or did you leave because you wanted to leave um i had another year contract on pretty good money and i think it was one of them i didn't want to play in the national league and they probably didn't want to pay me that much money to play in the national league so yeah, yeah. it was one of them it was it was a mutual one it was it wasn't messy to get out but um i think we, i was trying to get out and they were trying to get rid of me but no one was saying it to each other so yeah. In the end, it just happened with Crawley, where it, it kind of—I had to tell him that I wanted to leave, which wasn't ideal. But what you got to do in football sometimes, you know, you got to—you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, quite. And uh, who was the manager at Crawley? John Gregory. Yeah. So yeah, didn't have a great relationship with him by the end. But he had a bit of a reputation for that, didn't he? He was a bit of a. Yeah, I found it. I just found him hard work. I just think we we weren't a great side. One of my regrets actually is I I had Chris Wilder at Northampton. Uh, I went and met him. They were in League Two. And I turned them down to join Crawley because they were in League One. And it was just a bad decision. Sometimes you've got to sign for the, the club and the manager. And it's, uh, it's one of them I would love to play for Chris Wilder. But instead, I played for John Gregory, who left by Christmas. You know, it weren't working. Um, so, yeah, it was one of my regrets. I would have loved to have played for him. But, um, yeah, he left. We got relegated and then found myself in League Two. Um, playing for Mark Yates, who was the old Cheltenham Town manager. Yeah, yeah. I, re- I really loved playing for him. Uh, he was a, just a, a, a normal bloke. We had a very average budget, but he managed to overachieve. It was a real big achievement to actually stay in the division then. So I really that that kind of got my love back for football in a way. Um, I'd been on the back of a couple of relegations, so that got me back to loving football and um, and, uh, and and really performing again. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, did did uh, Steve Evans cross your path at all down there? Because he was manager there as well, wasn't he? Yeah, he he was manager before John Gregory. I mean, I've, I've crossed paths with Steve. I, I actually find him fine to talk to. I'm not sure what he's like to play for. I've heard he's quite hard work, but um, <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's okay to have a chat with. So yeah, did I you heard some funny stories? Did you know Ben Smith? No, I've read his book though. Actually, I was going to say read the book because that, that yeah, was... really, I, I'm I'm mad for reading um, football books, so I really enjoyed his book. And Steve Evans has yeah. some funny stories about him there. God, no, I should say I, I, it must have been horrendous playing for him. I should think I don't know, but he manages to do well, doesn't he? So it just shows. Yeah, yeah. Now there's there's obviously different ways, and you know, I, I yeah. guess it's you've got to be able to manage people, haven't you? That's that's the crux. I don't I don't think necessarily the football skills comes into it if you can manage people you can get the best out of them can't you You 100% or in Steve Evans case it was almost create a bit of a fear that you need to perform that was his way of doing things you know Mm, so I suppose it all comes under uh, managing so yeah Yeah, well that's it isn't it you know and now the final musical choice is Kanye West an amazing 
It's amazing, I'm the reason Everybody fired up this evening I'm exhausted, barely breathing Holding on to what I believe And no matter what, you'll never take that from me My rain is as far as your eyes can see It's amazing, so amazing, so amazing, so amazing It's amazing, so amazing, so amazing, so amazing It's amazing, I'm a monster, I'm a killer I know I'm wrong, yeah I'm a problem that'll never ever be solved And no matter You'll never take that from me My rain is as far as your eyes can see It's amazing, so amazing, so amazing, so amazing It's amazing, so amazing, so amazing, so amazing It's amazing I'm a monster, I'm a maven I know this world is changing Never gave in, never gave up I'm the only thing I'm afraid of No matter what, you'll never take that from me My rain is as far as your eyes can see It's amazing, so amazing, so amazing, so amazing It's amazing so amazing, so amazing, so amazing, it's amazing, so amazing, so amazing, so amazing, it's amazing, so amazing, so amazing, so amazing, it's amazing.
So 2017, then you end up at Lake Norrie again, back home. Back home, mate. Yeah, it's crazy how it, how things work out. I've said it loads of times, but I always thought I'd play for them because I was from there. My old man used to watch them a bit and stuff. And I'd fallen out with. I hadn't fallen out. Harry Kuehl was was manager of Crawley. Um, I'd had a successful pre-season, but I think he thought maybe I nearly got the job there, like in terms of being the manager at Crawley. So I think he saw me as a bit of a threat. So I had the chance to leave, and I left. And um, yeah, it was. A, a great decision we got promoted with Leighton Orient we've obviously Justin uh, Edinburgh's manager and um, I am here to this day and we got a promotion stabilised last season we've had some really good times um, and yeah no really enjoy it really good club really loving my time there G- going back a bit to, to, to later you were, in the, were you in the, the um, uh, National League when you when you got there yeah so basically Leighton Orient had had all them problems I don't know if you saw them with the Italian owners yeah that's right yeah I read about so it so basically yeah. they, we, they had been taken over by Kent Teague and Nigel Travis who are our American owners now and they're really really good people really good owners and they were trying to rebuild the club with Martin Ling um, doing that the old Torquay manager or Swindon manager and yeah so I I, I signed there in order to to kind of get the club back to where it it belonged and we managed to do it in the second season Um, first season was quite tough the manager got sacked Steve Davis and uh, and it just just shows how hard it is to get out of that division Yeovil are doing it now they're trying to do it now anyway yeah yeah. quite brutal trying to get out so we managed to do it on the in the second season but Martin Ling had sort of health problems as well didn't he for a while while he was there it wasn't when he was there he had some health problems I think at Swindon um, he, he's had battles with depression and, and alcoholism so that is um, yeah. that is the bit he's, he's fine now he, 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 he looks after himself now yeah but, but you, you're on the management side now yeah I'm on the, the staff so um, I retired from playing in the summer it was quite a hard thing to do I think Covid played a played a part in that because obviously people's salaries and things like that have gone down so I've now retired from being a player which I'm dealing with okay I, I don't mind it um, and I'm throwing myself into coaching and scouting and stuff like that so really enjoying it learning loads every day three times the hours mate I'm working long hours but I'm really enjoying it and um, and trying to just learn and, and be good at my job I think that's the key to everything isn't it try and be good at what you do work hard at it things will happen just hang on a minute I'll go and get a violin out you know you're obviously struggling there a little bit but um but uh was there a certain mr charlie lee uh the club when you were there yeah played with Chaz for two years yeah. uh great guy Chaz. really get along well with him he'd um he was like our old school midfield general he, he could he could hack someone down at the and at the leg in in training and, and uh and uh and hammer hammer someone so every every club needs one of them and yovel got him now haven't they? yeah no he's been he's been a revelation for us i have to say and the thing that gets me about him is his ability to get up in the air for a little short guy he can half climb high yeah I mean there's not many who could beat him in the air I was one of them so yeah yeah but you're six foot something so <laughs> you would do wouldn't you but I mean um, just just coming right back to, to date I mean life's a bit difficult at the moment isn't it uh, you've had some players that have been uh, uh, tested and positive and you've, you've had this game against Tottenham which has been rubbed off now I'd say that's uh, unfortunate yeah I mean crazy what what a bit of the flu can do in it H yeah um, yeah is your conspiracy theory coming out now I can see it mate I can see it no I just um, it's hard isn't it I mean there's people who lost their lives so I don't want to uh, I don't want to uh, be flippant but yeah it's just a sad time at the minute I think um, there's so many inconsistencies with what's going on and the rules and stuff and I, I just find it hard to believe that you can go into a pub but you can't watch football in an open air stadium and there's a lot of clubs who are going to be struggling on the back of these 
these kind of like rules and stuff. So yeah. it, it's sad and I don't fully understand it, but um, we will get through it. Um, and we just need to kind of get do as best as we can now in order to do that, I think. And I suppose that, you know, the, the, the fact that um, you've lost a big game financially must must hurt the club. Because, I mean, Tottenham well, yeah, would have been I a good... Yeah, we were going to earn 125000 from TV money, which is a real shame, you know. I mean, mm. funny, Spurs, Spurs supporters are now buying kind of shirts from our club shop and doing all stuff like that. So, uh, it's all to, to make us more money. But, no, it's not ideal. I mean, a lot of the lads have, have come down with it. And I understand now with the schedule being so tight how we couldn't play the game. But, hopefully we can recoup some of the money because you know lower league clubs these are big uh, paydays for us so it's um it's one of them things I'm, uh, hopefully we can get something out of it I mean you've got no sort of um, problems playing behind closed doors financially well I mean you have got problems playing behind closed doors financially but it's not gonna it's not gonna cripple you no I think we'll be okay we've we've done well with the streaming and we've got um uh we've got really proactive kind of like um, owners and um, a media side and commercial side so I think we're doing okay or doing a lot better than a lot of clubs but obviously it can't go on forever you know there's, hmm. they've got to start um, there's got to be some way of, of getting some, some money coming in and not just money going out So outside of football Matty what do, you, what do you do with your time I suppose you play golf or something do you or something like that or? I used to play golf I don't have um, time anymore mate I, I got heavily into cycling in the off season yeah. In, the, uh, in the lockdown so I went out cycling a lot love a bit of cooking mate I'm a I'm a, quite a dab hand in the kitchen yeah um, watching I've got two kids who I, I, I take his kids team so it's good to watch him play football uh, my little girl does running yeah so I'm just one of them really he love exercise love a bit of um, healthy food love uh, love drinking coffee mate you know I'm a mm. coffee enthusiast like a little bit of red wine so you know just um, just all the kind of normal things a connoisseur like myself enjoys you know and tell me I'm always taking the mickey out of you about looking like Prince Harry but I mean do you find people have you ever had people coming up and saying excuse me are you Prince Harry no you know what I haven't had that for years I used to have that back in the back in the olden days a lot more, mm. but no um, I haven't had any, anything like that for ages because even down at a beard now I'm pretty sure he's got a beard at the moment yeah, I think he saw me didn't he H yeah, he well, me. yeah it must be it well look Matty it's been really really good getting back over the old years and uh, yeah. reminiscing what it was like at Yeovil when you were there and that and uh, really appreciate you coming on board so uh, don't no hang problem. up your phone because we've got to get some music from you now thanks for joining us uh, brilliant and um, I'll give you all the details as to when it's going to be broadcast so you can have a listen great stuff mate great talking to you and um, I hope everyone enjoys it I'm sure they will well that was former Yobertown striker Matt Harold. the heart is a bloom shoots up through the stony ground there's no room This is Three Valleys Radio, and you've been listening to In Conversation with A.D. Hopper. And the reason that you had to care, the traffic is stuck. And you're not moving anywhere, you thought you'd found a friend. Stay tuned for all the local news and sport on Three Valleys Radio. I have in return for grace. It's a beautiful